0: Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 137. There's three drop out, five more drop in to England's current training squad, with the opening warm up game against Wales just around the corner. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back! Uh, another episode for you, probably another short and sweet one because um, we're still we're still kind of getting through the, the sort of the the off period. But uh, to discuss all the things we're going to talk about, I'm
1: joined, of course, by Dan, as always. Hi mate. Hello, buddy. It's been a uh, <clears throat> what a week! What a week for English sport. Uh, let, let, let's uh, move away from rugby to start with. Well, hang on. Before cricket, well, we do,
0: let's just point out something important, and that is that for the past two years, we have been saying. That England will win the World Cup in 2019. Tell me, tell <laughs> we, me we were wrong.
1: We, we were not wrong. We have done that. It's, um, we, we're still sticking by we're going to win the Rugby World Cup in 2019 as well, 100%. Of course, of course. But, uh, but just
0: in case, you know, we're just, we, you know, just covering our bases.
1: And, and what we probably didn't make clear is when we said England will win the World Cup in 2019, we did mean both cricket and rugby.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh,
1: did you watch it?
0: Oh mate, how can you not watch it?
1: That that was one of the best, one of the best sporting games I've ever seen. I mean, there's there's a serious debate
0: to be had over whether or not that was bigger than the 2003 World Cup
1: final. So, this is a massive debate. So there's two matches that, to me, rank up alongside with that, and one the 2003 Rugby World Cup final. Now, as a game in cricket. You, how do you tie games? Like It's almost unheard of, but to tie the game and then to tie the over and to win on the sort of countback of boundaries, unbelievable. England win World Cups with absolute style. So as a, if you're a complete neutral, I think that cricket game would probably have been more of a wow factor. Yeah, but because as a massive rugby fan, nothing will ever surpass that 2003 Rugby World Cup final for me. No, I think I
0: probably have to agree with you and just lean towards the rugby. Um, but obviously, both will be surpassed in a few months' time. Um, but until that time, yeah, this is two yeah pretty special sporting events in yeah English sporting history. Uh, I'm Did sure he... there'll be plenty of people that would say something about a 1966 World Cup final, but we weren't around for that. So.
1: Yes, we weren't. The only other thing that I think in memory was in about 2002, when uh, the last ball, I uh, threw a googly and bowled a Tim Wyatt middle stump to win the uh, garden cricket to become garden cricket world champion. I was there, so, and
0: you've never thrown a googly in your life,
1: <laughs> mate. It was a googly took out Wyatt's <laughs> middle stump, and, and uh, there I was, world champion garden cricket. Thanks very much. Uh, okay, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll
0: maybe that was up there, um, but yeah, mate, it was a it was a pretty special day, and um, it just it was an emotional one. It was like. You know, one minute you thought we got it, and then it was gone, and then it was back, and then it was gone again. And you know, you were kind of up and down and up. And it was it was just it was just amazing to watch. What a spectacle! I mean, if you were lucky enough to have tickets to, to see that one live, um, that's that's something you're never going to forget.
1: No, um, that that that's that's unreal. And <clears throat> if there's any of our listeners there who were uh, okay, so the three things. If anybody has done this sporting hat trick. They are my hero. If they were at the 2003 Rugby World Cup final, at Super Saturday at the London Olympics, and at that Cricket World Cup final, you then, as far as I'm concerned, you're my hero. Brilliant, Dan is. Easily, uh, I have <laughs> Yeah, I, I have low expectations.
0: Um, we could talk about this all our episode. We're not going to. This is the England Rugby Pod. Um, we're going to get onto rugby before we get into um, any of the latest news. Uh, We've had a few more uh, comments, a few more reviews, which we're going to read out. That's what we like to do. So the first one um, is actually an email from Benjamin Woods. Uh, I don't know whether this is just he listens on Spotify, so maybe you can't review on Spotify. He says, hey, guys, been listening to the pod on Spotify for over a year now. And for my sins, uh, I haven't left you a review yet. Five stars it is. I go to uni in Wales, so this pod is a much needed respite. From all my sheep-loving friends, especially after <laughs> our tactical loss to the Welsh earlier this year. I think this is that it's the right call to have Daly as our first-choice fullback back uh, because if we find ourselves in a tight game, then a huge boot of his might just be what scrapes us a win, just as another man's scraped us through a game, uh, albeit in a different situation, back in 2003
1: nice nice reference
0: I have to admit that the props is not my area of expertise so when I listened to the previous podcast I failed your easter egg prop test I therefore bow to your superior superior prop knowledge (laughs) looking forward to your podcast leading up to our 2019 world cup win and the podcasts thereafter as the podcast that believes England will win the world cup once every four years forever so farewell for now from a fellow rose-tinted chariot
1: riding Jerusalem building rugby fan Ben Wow, that's awesome! That was what a great review. That that's a great review because obviously it agrees with us, and anything that agrees with me, I think, is great. But actually, that was I, I really enjoyed that. I think that was very well written, very well put. And you know, thank you.
0: So, sorry that you that you missed our Easter egg test, but um, you know, <laughs> our, our prop knowledge is pretty superior. If you uh, need
1: any advice, just give us a shout. We'll talk you through props.
0: Exactly. Um, I mean, on that note, we we had another message from Andrew Moore. Um. Who yeah. said, so he, um, he, he, thought, so first of all, he said he's keen to talk front row. Just let him know when. So, Dan, I want to leave that one up to you since Facebook is the way he's contacted us. And I believe that's the one bit of social media that you've heard of. So, that's all I've you, got, my friend.
1: Put, yeah, no, no that's Andrew. cool. Yeah, next Dan will be rock. in touch
0: at some point. Yeah, next time um, we're doing props for sure. We clearly need some help on that one. Um, <laughs> he also commented with his because obviously we did our luckless fifteen last week uh, in our last episode. So his luckless fifteen. Um, I won't go through the whole thing. A lot of it's very similar, but a couple of um, a couple of interesting choices that we didn't consider. So the first one, um, I don't think we mentioned Ben Morgan, but a, but a, we had a few he comments a- from people saying Ben Morgan as a possible eight. Um, because I think we said, Nathan,
1: yeah, no, we didn't. We no, said no, Sam no. Simmons, I, didn't we? I think I went and Sam Simmons. Ben Morgan has been at, playing absolutely brilliantly, and that's a great shout. Um, right. And actually probably more deserved than Sam Simmons because uh, I I was kind of living I, on Sam Simmons' past glory. And,
0: and I'm sticking with that. I still think Sam Simmons is the choice. But good, yeah, Ben Morgan he would be on the bench. For
1: sure, yeah, Ben Morgan's The, been the
0: awesome. big one that we forgot and you asked about four times, could I think of any other centres?
1: Brad Barrett. So so, so Brad Barrett, <clears throat> and I mentioned about him being a possible outsider for the squad. Brad Barrett for Saracens, to me, is their most important player. Brad Barrett is absolutely amazing. Um, the My only slight, where, where if we're saying luckless, my only slight thing is, even however well he plays for Saracens, even if he brings that to England, I still have Manu ahead of him and Dan, probably Teo. stop
0: you. We, but we're talking about the luckless 15.
1: Yeah, we are talking about the luckless. But I, I meant, as in, when we say luckless... But I
0: don't think any of these guys that we're picking we think should be in the team instead of their counterpart oh, that, that is. Oh,
1: that's fair. That, that's, that's a good All right, all right. Fair enough. You won that one. Facts um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hate it when you do that. Um <clears throat> No, Brad Barrett's a great job. Because who
0: did Brad... we go with? We L- went for Lazowski with... and
1: actually Sorry, yes, Lozlowski. Brad Barrett should be in there. So Brad Barrett should be there instead of Lazowski and then went for um Marchant. So Barrett and Marchant, yeah, I stand corrected. Barrett should be there.
0: Interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean he had a he had a full twenty three. But as I say, I'm not going to go through them all again now because it's very similar to what we said. But um, but thank you for getting in touch again, Andrew. And yeah, as I say, Dan will be in touch at some point to discuss getting you on to talk front row, um, and so we can yeah inform you of, of what uh, propping is all about. And um, uh,
1: yeah, Andrew, great shout, Brad that actually,
0: well done. Thank you. <laughs> oh, different uh, Andrew. Uh, other Andrew. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, we had a little message from. Uh, Josh Copping he's been in touch a few times um just wanted to thank us for for his shout out for answering his questions uh, last week um and yeah I just wanted to 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 sort of shout out again because um he's just wanted to highlight that he's still loving the, the podcast um and he'll, and also he he apologizes he's he's only 12 sorry for his spelling and I just wanted to say to him to be honest mate it's better than Dan's. um <laughs> but you know it's just awesome <laughs> awesome that um You know, we clearly appeal to a wide spectrum of listener. Um, So, yeah, Josh, pleasure to have you as one of our regulars.
1: Yeah, thanks, Josh.
0: Uh, Finally, David Wells says, Hi, lads, long-time listener. I actually did my Misfits 15 a few weeks back, and it was less the unlucky players and more those who just never seemed to fit for whatever reason, uh, including a couple of subs. Here it is. Uh, Very quickly, Paul Hill, Harry Thacker, Ben Moon up front, Ed Slater, Dave Atwood. Don Armand, Mac Vesic, and then either Sam Simmons or Ben Morgan at eight. Joe Simpson or Richard Wigglesworth at nine with Cipriani. Rock Di and Christian Wade, even though he's left. Bring him back in for this one. Um, Atkinson and Lazowski, 12-13, and Goode at the back. So
1: it, it was just... It, it, it's a slight... Who, who were the wingers?
0: The wingers were Rokka Di and Christian Wade.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry.
0: Um, and, yeah, I suppose the Misfits, <laughs> Christian Wade is probably right up there. He's obviously not playing rugby anymore, but... Um, probably only because he never got selected for England, despite all his uh, credentials in uh, in the premiership. So appreciate that, that, you sending that. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, cool. No, thanks very so much. I appreciate that, David. Thanks.
0: So that is all our... Oh, no, actually, I tell a lie. There's a couple of others. Um, oh airborne ff i think we've read out from this guy before but uh, we have five yeah. stars still loving the pod good plan to test the listeners on their prop knowledge glad you've been the quiz i think he tells us that all the time but <laughs> the following uh review from uh amal catering also five stars says can't wait for the rugby world cup 2019 still loving the pods even the quizzes keep doing whatever the hell it is that you lads are doing andy from newcastle so a couple of short sweet ones both five stars really appreciated thanks very much guys
1: God, that's awesome. I, I'm yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. We haven't uh, and we we haven't had any uh. Well, we read out the negative ones, don't we? So, yeah, I think yeah. we
0: had a we had a three star last week. Decent pod, like uh, mates chatting about rugby, yeah. and yeah, we've 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 pleaded for for this person to uh, to to adjust it if they feel it deserves it. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so great great to hear from you guys uh, as always. Keep them coming. Um, right, Dan. A few
1: changes in camp this week, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the boys are down in Bristol at the moment. Um, so what, what, what? So you and I had a chat with this in the week, it's quite interesting. So, obviously, um, Danny Sipriani, um, Anthony Watson, and Sam Underhill have been sent away for uh, sort of either other training. Do we think that's other training, or do we think that's niggles or?
0: I don't know. It's it's yeah. I mean, I read a I read an article where Eddie said that he felt that they would benefit more from off-site, um, kind of work, off-site work rather than work as part of the camp. And people will read into this and they'll say, "Oh, that's not good." Um, but he's also brought in players that we think are probably unlikely to go to the World Cup. Um, you know, in Smith and Don Brandt, for example. Um, I. I no I don't think it's injuries. I think we'd know if it was if it was injury related. I, I it's a, it's a weird one. I think some people would say you know it's a world world cups coming. Why would you not have your whole group together just kind of growing as a as a as a unit. Um and I sort of feel like in some ways this is a positive because it really it really seems like Eddie Jones is looking at every individual for his squad on an individual basis. Um, which I quite like, you know, he's seeing what's best for each person. You know, I don't know what the things are, but maybe he said to Anthony Watson, I need you to go and get quicker. You know, go yeah. go and shave half a second off your 100 meters or 60 meters or whatever it is they do. Um, and therefore he's best off going somewhere with a specialist sprint trainer to go and work on that. Maybe to Cipriani, he said, I want you to go and work on your kicking. I don't, you know, I don't know what the things are, but whatever it is, he he's clearly looking at these guys as as individuals. And to be fair, we're still in, what, 41-man 40, squad territory, um, I, I think, or has he dropped it down? I think, right?
1: I, no, I think we're at 40 at the moment. 40.
0: you know, But we know that it's got to be 31. So it's not yet the World Cup squad anyway.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah, I mean, is he bringing the likes of Smith, Don Brown, Mike Brown, great example. We've got so, so much strength in the back three. Is Mike Brown in there because with Watson out doing whatever it is he's doing, he, he needed an extra back three player to well, form then,
1: part of training You've
0: got Oli Thorley as well. Thorley is in as well. So he's brought two two uh, back three players in, taking one out. Um, does, that, so, does that mean that Cipriani possibly has been looked at as a as a back three cover? Or certainly the so, full back cover, maybe?
1: No, I, I don't think so. So what, what was interesting to me, there's a few parts here. So if you look at perhaps a Marcus Smith, Don Brandt, Brown they almost seem like straight for straight replacements. Those threes are are away, like Marcus Smith, Cipriani, Don Brown for Underhill, Brown for Watson. They almost seem like for light replacements. Those threes are away working on stuff. So we we still need those positions covered for training camp, you, you know, be it two teams running out. Yeah. But what, what I found interesting, and perhaps, and I, I think it was sort of you that brought this sort of more to my attention, was I remember once hearing James Haskell chat and saying that, when it came to coaches, often there might be a coach who would say to, to him or to another player, this is what I really want you to work on. And and I think if you work on that, it could improve your game by however much, um, fill in the blank. But what he would, but then what Haskell would say is because obviously you're training as a team, you have to train sort of team events. So although he's been told for argument's sake, work on the ruck i'm not saying that at all is what i said if the team requires there to be work on line outs and malls he never got the chance so i kind of agree with you if eddie jones has said like you know to these three like you need to work on that and then sent them away specifically to work on that i agree that's a positive mm. i think because then they can purely focus on the area that eddie jones really wants to see them improve to make them that much more rounded better player which if you're in a camp as a whole group, you can't just focus on that one player necessarily. So,
0: I think it's important to, as well to remember that um, you know this this training, these training camps are not that they're not to get England ready for the warm up games. Obviously, that will be part of it. You know, the warm up games starting what three weeks on Sundays, just over three weeks uh, yep. with England against Wales at Twickers. Um, But that's not what these training camps are about. So there's still plenty of time for the whole kind of group bonding once he's worked out what his team looks like. But if he needs Watson to add a half a pace of speed, if he needs Cipriani to, um, you know, just improve his kicking or his tackling or whatever it might be, you know, if he needs Sam Underhill to just go and get a bit fitter, you know, it makes far more sense to say to those guys, right, we've got the, the, you know, they've got plenty of money. England rugby, so you know they they'll fund it they're, and they'll send them off with a specialist to go and work specifically on that one thing, so that when they come back, you know they they're then ready, peeking at the things they need to peek at to to then to then join the the wider squad. So I I don't think it's a, a negative either. I think it's a good thing. I think it's you know for those who are sort of you know will he won't you know having the will he won't he debate regarding Cipriani, I think it's a positive. Why would you bot you know I kind of think if he was just going through the motions and wasn't really thinking of selecting Cipriani when the time came, he'd probably just keep him there, doing what he's doing, and then just drop him at the last minute. Whereas this, to me, feels like he wants him, but he needs something from him to make it happen.
1: So, so, so that was going to be exactly my next question to you. The fact he's investing that in Cipriani, do we think, uh, obviously too early to call, but I'm going to ask you to make a choice. Do we think Cipriani, he's looking at Cipriani as part of that World Cup, that final World Cup squad?
0: Yeah, but we put we put Cipriani in our final World Cup squad.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You no, know, I think
0: I think he is. No, I, I I'm inclined to agree with you. No, um, I think he at the very least. I mean, how much he'll use him will, will remain to be seen. But I think at the very least, he's thinking this is a guy that offers me something different, um, and has that has that ability to to produce that moment of magic that can turn a game, um, and that's something that at the very least he wants as an option while he's out in Japan. Whereas, you know, so, yeah, so, so, and, and I, and I think it's exactly that. I think you know we're seeing him investing in individuals, because um, those three. I mean, Underhill, one hundred percent, we want him involved. Watson, I, I, we're fairly confident we want him involved, and Cipriani, yeah. we've been saying for a long time that we want him involved. You know, we're not talking about three total outside chance fringe players. He's not sent away the three, three of the, the sort of the, the guys with no caps to go work on things um he sent away guys that have you know at one time or another been absolutely crucial to England victories
1: yeah exactly so this is this is where it's starting to become and also sorry
0: just don't forget he he also 2 weeks ago sent Kyle Sinclair away for a week and then brought him yeah. back in and he's clearly going to be one of you know, one, you know if not the first choice he's up, he's up there um so I yeah I don't I think that he has there is method in what some would call his madness um I think it's a positive I think it shows far more interest in the individuals that are forming the squad and and it, to me it sounds like the sort of actions you'd see from a guy who's been given the task of winning a world cup and he's doing everything he needs to do to make that possible um whereas uh, it would be very easy just to go let's get a group of 40 people together we'll we'll train every day have a laugh in the evenings basically have a bit of a jolly which is probably taking things away from what's happened in the past but it doesn't need you know it becomes too it almost becomes a clique then i think this also it creates that um that kind of competition for for places as well you know he's got a few people coming in a few people going out he's mixing it up all the time no one's quite sure what's going to happen it keeps people you know on edge which you want until that time when you pull the pull the trigger and say right here's my squad you guys are the ones that have come out the other side. Um, so, yeah, I, I choose to believe it's a positive, Dan.
1: No, I, I I agree with you. And I think after we spoke in the week, I, I sort of ag- agree even more. It's um So this week they're down in Bristol. And then I believe they're off to Italy to Teresa, I think, for some warm weather training, Yeah. Um, which I assume everyone will be back together for. Um.
0: And I assume... think Yeah, you would think you'd bring all of these guys back in and take a, and just take a bigger squad with him. Although, to be honest, I would I would I would expect Smith, Thorley, Don Brown, Brown, and Dunn, who are the five he's brought in, probably to be sent home.
1: So so Dunn's the interesting one. The fact he brings he's brought Dunn in a hooker makes me think that there might be a niggle within one of the hookers. Because you've already got three pretty useful hookers there. You've got Singleton, uh, Cowan Dickey, and Jamie George. So the fourth hooker, I would imagine, it's maybe because there's a niggle going on with one of the others, which yeah, that's acid speculation, but that, that seems to make sense to me. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I, would expect, I would expect that the team he takes abroad for the warm-weather training the squad he takes abroad is a much better reflection of, of where his head's at. I think if he doesn't, you know, I think if he leaves anyone out that we were expecting to see involved, that would then be a bit strange because it's the whole point of that is to become accustomed to the temperature, right? Yeah, so yeah you, you can't. Need, you need everyone who's who's a realistic shout to to, to benefit from that. Of um, course. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if anyone significant is left out when he selects that squad because when are they going there? It's after uh... the first game, isn't it?
1: What going to Treviso? Yeah, I, I think it's next week. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, I, so... they're doing the warm weather before before the uh, warm up matches. So I, I think I oh, think fine. it's
0: fine. Well, so we should we should know pretty soon. Maybe or we'll in, get a or in the in next, next few episode. weeks. Certainly, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, interesting one. I'm just just quickly bouncing back, uh, I forgot to mention from Andrew Moore's um, message. He also suggested that we do a uh, a, a luckless world fifteen. Now, whether or not we're going to have time, because obviously things are at kick off, but we may we may do so. We might well look at that because I know there's this there's, there's a lot of significant injuries, and I imagine the team that you could create um, from from those, you know, if you if you're including injured players, would be pretty uh, pretty special. But um, yeah, good good idea, Andrew. We'll look into that.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Like you say, I I think that would take some research because as much as anything, we. How up to date are you with uh, the sort of the injuries and luckless with uh, within the other nations? Well, I mean,
0: yeah, I'd have to do some research. <laughs>
1: yeah, fair enough. That's what we're fair here enough. for
0: then? We're doing the research so our listeners don't have to.
1: That that does make sense. <laughs>
0: otherwise, we're claiming that we have ultimate knowledge, um, and I think our Easter egg challenge proved otherwise. Uh,
1: I, I i think it may well have yes um
0: just uh we haven't discussed it for a while but um i wanted to bring it up just because it's front and center on bbc right now but um billy Vinapola um obviously got himself in a bit of trouble with his reaction to the whole uh israel falau situation um and you know i just want to kind of pay my respects to him for coming out and saying that you know and saying what we kind of wanted from Falau, which is that you know no it's this whole idea that no one's saying you can't have your opinion whether they mm. whether people agree with you or not it's it's about respecting you know, the time and the place for sharing it and everything else he's basically come out and said he regrets he regrets what he what he said he regrets his support of Falau because he feels like it was selfish because it put pressure on his team it, it impacted on his on the team around him um you know and he didn't he doesn't want that he doesn't want to be you know, taking anything away from what they're what they're all there to do, which is the rugby, and so he kind of was just just apologising basically for not thinking before he spoke, um, and you know I think that's exactly the response we we would I would have expected to see from this whole scenario because you know whilst I personally don't agree with what Falao said, uh, I I respect that there are people who will and that's fine, but it's a time and a place and you know. Yeah, it just it, I, I quite liked that. From you know, we were quite when we saw it, we, we all kind of head in hands, like, "Oh, Billy, what have you done?" Um, and this just goes to show that he's got his head screwed on a little bit, and he and he recognises that, um, you know, other people do get dragged into these debates, um, and because of your position, um, you know, as an elite player in the England setup, you're indirectly affecting other people by by creating this negativity around what's going on. So I think good good of him for sort of stepping forward and just saying, you know, hands up, sorry, I shouldn't have done it. And I regret it.
1: Mate, I a hundred percent agree. So regardless of his beliefs and what people think about those beliefs or anything, <clears throat> if I'm his teammate now, the thing going through my mind is as far as Billy's concerned, the most important thing is the team. He's always going to put the team first. That is the sort of person I want on my team. So yeah, I, I agree with your sentiments completely there, mate. And it's the fact that Billy's sort of man enough to come out and say that as well and put his hand up as well, I, I think it's huge. Good. Um, there isn't really much else that I came up
0: with, but I, but I like to say this at the end because usually you've got two or three more points.
1: Well, the, the one thing, and you, you may think it's a bit early, but I, I don't. I want to get this out there now well, and we cut, can discuss I, it in more t- detail. 2044? Oh, that, that is worth a chat soon. I, if if there is a World Cup in twenty forty four, that's good maths. Um oh, Yes, good point. I don't know. There probably isn't. <laughs> what? So our first warm up match, eleventh of August against Wales at Twickenham. What we we need to win that one, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, look, we we want to win everything from now on. You know, we need to get into winning ways. Uh, do we need to win it? No, of course not. Um, because it's about a cup now, but
1: but but the, the reason I say that one because for warm up matches, I think you'll I think you'll expect a loss because there'll definitely be at least one where you'll probably have a second team out or yep. an arguably second team. But that one against Wales after what happened in the Six Nations, are you it, it sounds yeah. like I, you're I not putting a, from, this.
0: No, I think no, no. I, I think from a confidence point of view, from sending a message to the rest of the world, because it wasn't just what happened against Wales; it was what happened against Scotland. Yeah, um, and so I think it's, and it's not even about getting the win. I think it's about it's about the performance. I mean, if England choose to put a, lo- a, a lower strength side out, I don't think they will. But for their opening game against Wales, if they choose to put a slightly lower strength side out, I think the key thing is a performance. Um, if Wales, you know, put out their their first team against a, a lesser England team, that and England lose then they need to be able to walk away saying, do you know what? We still played really really good rugby. And, you know, with the addition of all of the extra players, that would change everything. But I think England will go with the first team for that opening game. Um, and they need a performance, bottom line. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, and I think if they give a performance, they, they beat anyone in the world. So, I would expect a win.
1: So, so, yeah, I, I would expect to win and I I want to win. And, where I slightly disagree with you is I think that game, I think the rest of the game's performance is key. I think that game, a massive key part is actually just getting the win.
0: Yeah, in fact, well, or, or is it even bigger to go down to Cardiff and do it? Uh,
1: it's huge. Yeah, I mean, going down to Cardiff to do it would be huge, but I, I it, it depends. I See, mean, if
0: England win at Twickenham and then lose in Cardiff, I feel like it doesn't... It doesn't send any kind of message other than, so, so, so you know, the each team suspect, is stronger in their own backyard.
1: What I suspect, though, is I suspect England will put out a full-strength team at Twickenham and a lesser team in Cardiff and Wales will probably do the reverse. So it might be hard to read into any scenario, but it just... To start those warm-up games with a win, I think would be huge. Yeah. Uh, to beat Wales, a team that Always beat here. us in the Six Nations, I think will be huge. and um, so I, I think that game we, we really need to start looking at, and we really need to start looking at that as a W.
0: All of them, Dan. I'm telling you now, England unbeaten until after the final.
1: I, uh, during the World Cup, unbeaten for sure. In the warm-up games, I'm happy to sacrifice a loss if that means running out a second team to give them all game time. Happy to? Not going to happen. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want it to happen but if that's in the
0: words of jb hear me now believe me later
1: (laughs) bless him um but it's don't forget, 2003 we took a loss we lost to france away uh when we put out a second team we almost very almost won with a last minute drop goal but we took a loss in those warm-up games so it's not that's that's not the key to me the key is when that world cup starts there are no losses indeed anything else uh, I don't think so for now no I, I think I think that covers uh, most of it just well done to England cricket team excellent work um, Rugby Rugby World Cup next
0: uh, yeah well the, and the Ashes of course let's just get, get, let the, the cricketers need to now go and you know prove that they can do it in a test match as well as one day but uh, that will be a good one that starts 1st of August I think so not long to go on that um, yeah guys thanks so much for listening once again um, I know it's a bit short and sweet today um, probably trying to squeeze a little bit more out of what there what there is going on at the moment. But um, as I say, first warm-up game, 11th of August, it's just over three weeks. Things are going to start heating up. Um, we should have a better idea of what the squad, you know, as the squad starts to take shape, uh, as Dan said, when they select who's going to go down to train in Italy. Um, so plenty more to come in the next few episodes. And then we're into game mode, so we'll be going live episodes uh, or semi-live episodes and um, hopefully that just gets everyone in the mood and gearing up for the big competition uh, as I say thanks for listening uh, If you, thanks to all of you who rated us and reviewed us and sent us messages please keep them coming let us know what you want to hear um, obviously limited opportunities to do stuff outside of covering the matches themselves but there are still some uh, some things that need to be covered so get in touch let us know what you want to hear from us ask us any questions and we'll do our best to answer them Um, spread the word that's the most important thing head over to iTunes Um, you can reach us on social media at England Rugby Pod or you can email us englandrugbypod at gmail.com and we will catch you next week
1: we'll catch you then guys thanks very much